Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to our next edition of Irish Illustrated Insider Recruiting Extra. I'm Pete Sampson, joined as always by Kevin Sinclair in the Pacific Northwest. As is the case during August, dead period. No visits. Uh, recruiting news is a little bit light because we're all focused on the team at the moment. But there has been some recruiting stuff. Kevin Austin committed uh, the day after our last podcast. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Some interesting angles there with that. We addressed what's next at receiver in our last podcast. So then we'll jump ahead to our five guys for this week's show. And Kevin, I think with Kevin Austin, you were one of the the people that sort of caught wind from Austin himself about the the what I might do could shock some people. And the word shock I thought was interesting. And I, I like the fact that when you caught up with Austin after his commitment, he sort of, he owned that and explained it in a way that it didn't come across as like, well, I was just trying to build up hype for my own announcement. So like, what, what was your take, I guess, when Austin said the shock some people and then after you talked to him during the weekend, did you feel like, okay, I sort of get where you were coming from now? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, through... Through his whole sort of recruitment, I mean, I've been in touch with him for months. Um, you know, he's a really great kid, a really high character kid. There's no doubt about it. So, you know, when he gave me this sort of, he told me, you know, my, my you know, decision is going to shock some people. I took him on his word there. I, I didn't think that he was a kid who would, you know, build suspense or, um, you know, throw curveballs, that sort of thing. And, um, you know, so at that point I thought, okay, well, sounds like he, he's not going to be going to Notre Dame. It sounds like there's a good chance of that. And, you know, of, of course, uh, after that, I got, you know, a lot of people just within the last few days before his decision uh, were, were telling me he was definitely going to be choosing Notre Dame. And he did, of course. Uh, when I spoke with him after that, you know, I was sort of, you know, what gives kind of is what I asked <laughs> him. And, and uh, he was sort of like, you know, what he said was interesting. He said that, you know, there was sort of a media event um, around, you know, the, uh, Monday, Tuesday, early in the week before his decision. He said everyone at that time was asking him about Duke. He said that most of the questions, most of the talk around that time was all about Duke. Everyone was asking him about Duke. Um, there was some stuff, you know, out there on different recruiting sites, Notre Dame sites, you know, where people are saying that they were starting to think he was going to Duke. So when he made that shock people comment, he was, you know, thinking at that time that the consensus was that he was going to be committing to Duke. Um, so that's why he said, you know, my decision may shock some people. So, you know, and the, all along I was, I was sort of thinking, you know, this is really unlike him to sort of, you know, try to build suspense or anything like that. And, and he wasn't, uh, it, that's, you know, what he told me. Um, I could definitely, you know, say that he sounded genuine in those thoughts. Um, and that made sense. And I, you know, I was thinking about it when he said that comment, made that comment, that was Tuesday. And I had to look back around that day in the news about Kevin Austin. You know, there was a lot of it was sort of leaning towards Duke that day. So anyhow, that was all really interesting. Um, you know, just Notre Dame was the school for him. And, um, you know, there's some 
factors along the end. He said, you know, early in the, you know, about a week previous to him announcing, he still wasn't quite decided. It sounded like Notre Dame was sort of, you know, in the lead, but he wasn't quite sure. It sounds like, you know, right at the very end, I think it sounds like Brian Kelly sort of won over his parents. Um, he, you know, he did well with Kevin himself. Delvon Alexander was in there as well. They're, you know, they all came together, Chip Long, Autry Denson. And it sounds like Kevin sort of, you know, to kind of make his final decision, he sought out sort of advice from his parents and his coaches. And it sounds like they were all sort of, you know, giving the nod to Notre Dame. So, you know, this was a, a big collaborative effort um, involving his parents, his coaches, and, you know, three members of Notre Dame's coaching staff, and then the head coach um, coming in the end. And this was the guy they wanted. They, you know, it was a nearly year-long recruitment. Um, huge get for Notre Dame. Uh, I, you know, I think he projects really well. And I, I don't know, I think he's, um, per his highlight film, one of the best receivers Notre Dame's uh, landed in the last decade, I would say definitely in the top five in terms of, um, you know, size, natural skill set, um, and just big playmaking ability. Yeah, it's like I, he- I hesitate to describe anyone as a poor man's anything when you're, you know, opening finalists, uh, yeah. had a great, but he does remind me sort of as a poor man's Michael Floyd in some ways, and that's okay because that's like the most prolific receiver in Notre Dame history. Um, he's just like a little bit shorter. I think he's faster than Floyd. He's certainly mm-hmm. not as physically put together as Floyd, but I do think Austin is more physically put together than almost every other high school wide receiver out there. So it's I think there are some similarities there. Uh, Austin doesn't have sort of that natural size that Floyd did, but I think in terms of somebody who can do a little bit of everything, who's got good speed but maybe not Will Fuller speed, um, I like the guy a lot. And sort of like we talked about on last week's podcast, he's one of those guys that, if you missed on him, then you look at the board and you're like, uh-oh, uh, they may be dropping down a few a few levels. So that's that's a big one to me. Uh, and, Kevin, you sort of had um, – sort of had we've been talking about on the board about who's next and some of the smaller mm-hmm. developments on the board right now. So that's probably a good segue into five guys. You, why don't you lead it off because there have been some visits coming online recently, um, you know, some updates of like – who's looking where, who Notre Dame is really involved in. So who do you want to lead it off with? Yeah, I'll start with uh, Thomas Booker. So, you know, I personally am pretty high on Thomas Booker. Four-star defensive end out of Baltimore, Maryland, uh, Gilman School. Uh, number 135 overall in the class. Number one strong side defensive end in Maryland. Number two strong side defensive end in the East. Number six nationally at the position. Um, I spoke with his head coach. Coach Tim Hawley, um, just a few days ago, uh, first off, told me Booker checked in at six foot five, two hundred ninety pounds at fall camp. So it's yeah, a, a big kid, and he's playing tight end this year. So he was their starting tight end, involved in the pass game. Um, you know, he's going to still have that same role on offense, and I think that's a pretty good testament towards you know what type of athlete he is. And I also think that that's interesting in, in terms of a lot of people talking about. Thomas Booker, you know, is going to end up being a defensive tackle. It'll grow out of the position. And, you know, that's that's definitely possible. Maybe he will end up being a defensive tackle. But um, given his athleticism, he's a guy who might be able to play, uh, you know, his whole career at strong side defensive end, even though even if he does become 290 to 300 pounds, he is athletic. Um, he's, you know, fairly light on his feet. 
Um, you know, he's he rushed the quarterback really well. Um, I think, you know, if I'm the defensive coordinator and he, you know, joins my program, I think he, you do your best to try to keep him at strong side defensive end. And that would mean, you know, if he came to Notre Dame, I think you make a plan with Matt Bayless. So, you know, let's get this guy, you know, in the best shape we can for him to play strong side defensive end, especially with that, you know, that's where they need some bodies at Notre Dame. Um, so we'll see sort of, you know, what would happen there if he were to choose Notre Dame. But um, the main point of uh, or just my discussion with Coach Hawley, um, let's talk about his recruitment, of course. And, you know, he told me that, you know, he's sort of, Booker's sort of done speaking with, you know, all of these schools that are uh, recruiting him. Um, he's definitely looking for a strong academic school. And he said that he definitely thinks it's down to Notre Dame and Stanford. He uh, sort of put it simply to me, he said, Stanford has a few of his, you know, former teammates. Um, and that's, you know, the main thing that's intriguing to him, he thinks. Um, but he, he definitely said, like, quite strongly, uh, but, you know, but Thomas Booker absolutely loved his visit at Notre Dame. I think that was, like, the thing that really, um, you know, put Notre Dame firmly in it. He really liked the campus, really liked the coaches. Um, and he's in, you know, he's pretty close with some of the Notre Dame commits. Um, I'll just sort of say, like, after my conversation with Coach Hawley, I definitely feel more confident in Notre Dame being able to land Booker than I was previous. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not saying that he's a shoe in to Notre Dame at this point or anything, but I definitely feel a lot more confident. Um, he said that, you know, the Ivy League schools are sort of in there as well, but I just don't, I don't see him choosing uh, a school other than Notre Dame or Stanford. So, um, yeah, that was an important interview and um, good info for us here. Yeah, and I, I think in the same way, I, in some ways I felt like when they signed Khalid Kareem, he was going to sort of be the next Isaac Rochelle. Yeah. He's not built like him, but Booker would be. And, yeah, you know, yeah. that real strong side defensive end who's going to set the edge with really no issue, um, that would be that would be a big pickup. Because, like, whether you see Justin Adamalola as strong side or weak side, he doesn't have the range or size that Booker does. And that, no. that kind of leverage would really help you on the end. On the flip side, one of my guys, he's listed at six foot one seventy on on scout. I think he's shorter than that. Tariq Bracy, uh, out of California, he's an athlete that uh, Brian Pulling offers a corner. He's uh, recruited as an athlete by a lot of places. USC is probably his favorite school. Uh, doesn't have an offer from there. Notre Dame would take him as a corner, also as a return specialist type guy. Uh, said that he's still angling towards an official visit to Notre Dame. I think that will happen. If the schedule works out right, I think you'll probably see him in for the USC game as a lot of California kids end up coming out for that mid-October event. So he's he's not somebody that's really high up the board a lot of places just based on his recruiting rankings. I mean, you look at his offers, they're more like Boise State, Cal, Fresno State, Hawaii, Nevada, Utah, stuff like that. But um, with look, Notre Dame has zero cornerbacks committed. They're really struggling at that position right now. And Tariq Bracey is somebody that I think in an ideal world maybe could be a Sean Crawford type in terms of how aggressive he is and explosive he is in terms of recovery speed. So Tariq Bracey is somebody that we haven't really talked about on the podcast in a while. I think he's worth sort of revisiting this week just because he's talked about his official visit to Notre Dame and also sort of putting in perspective where USC would fit with him if the Trojans do offer. Right, right. My next 
guy, tight end Tommy Tremble, uh, out of Alpharetta, Georgia, Wesleyan School, six foot four, two hundred twenty-two pounds, three-star recruit. Uh, offer list: Auburn, Georgia, Tennessee, UCLA, South Carolina, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, um, and then a, kind of a host of uh, Ivy League schools: Dartmouth, Yale, Princeton, Pennsylvania, and plenty of other schools. Um, so I spoke with Tommy Tremble's uh, head coach, uh, Pridgen, this week. Um, just kind of see what's going on with his recruitment. Kind of going back here, um, you know, Tommy Tremble, uh, you know, Notre Dame's top and maybe only target at tight end. I think that's pretty uh, clear that he is sort of their, you know, they're, they put all their eggs in one basket with Tommy Tremble basically mm-hmm. to be that second tight end, that receiving tight end for them. Um, and basically, you know, he visited Notre Dame, visited UCLA after that, um, looked like Notre Dame was maybe going to be getting his commitment within about a week after that. Um, but then he, you know, ended up visiting Georgia where his dad played. Clearly he's from Georgia. Um, and then after that, he told me, you know, I think Georgia moved into a tie with Notre Dame for the first was still going to make his commitment, but then decided what he's wanted to do all along is take all of his visits, but he was going to decide in the summer because he was worried about, losing a, you know, that his spot at, at all the schools he's um, considering. Um, but he decided now he is going to take the official visits. I guess he just feels like, you know, he's willing to risk it or he's not worried about it now, whatever. Um, so, you know, so at that point it looked like, oh, like maybe uh, if you're Notre Dame, you're going to be worried about Georgia here now. Spoke with his head coach, Pridgen. Um, he, he just, you know, he knows Tommy Tremble really well. He, teach, he teaches him in an economics course obviously coaches on the, foot, on the football field, spends a lot of time with him away from the program as well, knows his parents really well. Uh, basically told me that, you know, this is a kid, and he found it interesting he used the four for 40 term, and he was yeah. speaking to me, he kept on saying, yeah, he kept on saying, you know, this is a kid who's going to make a 40-year decision, not a four-year decision. I don't see, you know, of course he has some emotional attachment to Georgia, but I just don't see them being considered I see this being a Notre Dame UCLA battle and here's why I think Notre Dame and he had all of these reasons. And then he said, and here's why UCLA, his mom has family there. And that was the (laughs) end of that discussion. So I really feel like it's going to be Notre Dame. I just, I do. Um, But of course there's going to be a bunch of time here and he's going to, uh, between now and when he decides, he's going to be taking official visits. He wasn't sure exactly which ones he'll visit. Notre Dame, UCLA, certainly. Um, and, yeah, I think this will come down to Notre Dame. I think, you know, he's a good addition. It'll be also interesting in, in, uh, if Notre Dame kind of struggles to find that third wide receiver. Tommy Tremble is, you know, going to, you know, basically be a, lot, a wide receiver. Listed as a tight end, of course. Flex wide receiver, um, sort of what we'll see Alizé Mack uh, playing this year. Uh, maybe possibly if you want to look back to Tyler Eifert. Uh, I don't think we'll see him attached often or at all. So that could affect sort of wide receiver recruiting. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, I'd be curious to see how those dynamics. And it's you know, it, it's not so much when you say the four for forty. It's not so much whether like, oh, that's a great recruiting pitch or not. It's just in an indication that the kid and his camp are listening to it, and it's like mm-hmm. it's hitting home. So that's interesting. There, uh, I was going to go with Paul Moala, another guy we haven't talked about in a while since Irish Invasion. Right. He's a safety from Penn High School, which is about fifteen minutes from Notre Dame. Uh, I think when Notre Dame offered him, the thought was, oh, well, he's definitely going to end up in this class at some point. I'm not so sure about it that after checking around. I, I do think that there's some recruiting aspects that need to happen there. 
Notre Dame pressing for him. Also, Moala feeling completely comfortable with Notre Dame. That's that's part of it as well. Um, you know, the, the faith-based aspect of Notre Dame is, is something that guys need to get comfortable with. And if Moala doesn't, then that might not be a match. Um, so we'll, we'll see about that. I think also, as much as we look at, okay, this is 15 minutes from campus. He's got to end up at Notre Dame, right? He had a tight end. Um, Torres, who was at Penn High School, transferred to IMG, is committed to Iowa, so he has some familiarity with Iowa as well. But and it's Kevin, I think you wrote about this in your in your midweek roundup that does Notre Dame want to take a second safety in this class? Uh, and, mm. if, and if they do, it's almost like it needs to be Derek Allen 2.0, opposed to you know maybe more of a project guy or somebody more like Alohi Gilman, who's um, you know you're going to grow into something down the road. So Paul Moala, I'm going to try to get out and see him maybe this weekend, maybe next weekend. I'd like to sort of see him with pads on after he was so good at Irish invasion, but uh, he's somebody, another guy haven't talked about him a lot lately, probably since Irish invasion might be time to sort of revisit that and see exactly where Notre Dame stands. Right. Right. Uh, My third guy, I guess our fifth guy, uh, D tackle Jacob Lacey, 2019 commitment. Um, you know, this is more, I'm more bringing him up uh, in terms of uh, sort of de-tackle recruiting focus uh, rather than about Jacob Lacey specific. I caught up with him recently. He told me he's definitely going to visit um, for the Georgia game, but he said, uh, quote, sort of, knowing my dad, he'll want to visit for every home game. <laughs> so so that, that'll be really good to get him on campus a bunch. But, um, you know, I sort of asked him about, um, you know, seeing you're committed now, are you sort of talking to some 2019 recruits, and I, I sort of brought up the fact, you know, Notre Dame, um, they, they basically have set themselves up well for the future of recruiting D-line uh, in the 2019 class. There's abundance of really good, really great talent in the Midwest alone in the defensive line that they're already in good with. And um, I brought up sort of uh, Rodas Johnson and Jawan Briggs, a pair of, you know, high four-star defensive tackles and um, if you had thoughts on them or was speaking with them. And um, Jake, uh, Lacey told me that, you know, he'd sort of touch base with staff, and it sounded like they're, they're going to shoot for two defensive tackles in that class, um, and that Rodas Johnson and Juwan Briggs were the two that he's sort of, you know, has on his uh, radar to sort of recruit himself. Um, so that was interesting, just sort of finding out what, you know, Notre Dame's sort of target would be there. Um, if you have a look back at, obviously, 2017, they picked up Myron Tagovailoa, Mosa, and Kurt Heinisch, two guys who will probably see the field this year and looking really good in fall camp. Darnell Ewell, physically uh, very impressive. Just don't know that he learned um, the defensive tackle position from a technical standpoint in high school. It sounds like that's what he needs to work out to get on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, that's interesting, but that's three solid bodies there. Obviously, this year with uh, um, Jamie and Franklin and uh, Jason Ademalola, huge get there. Uh, Jacob Lacey in the 2019 class, if they're looking for two, um, Rodas Johnson, Jawan Briggs, uh, Mozzie Smith, um, there's, there's an abundance of really good talent there. So, you know, I, I've been looking at this, I was thinking about last night, just, you know, defensive tackle, if we look through the recruiting eras of, say, 2013 up to 2016, compared to... 2017, 2018, 2019, really talking about turning a weakness into a strength. So it's really interesting. It's been fun to watch all that sort of shape. 
So yeah, and that sort of reminds me. I should read this quote onto our podcast here because I talked to Mike Elston yesterday about Mike Elko. And if you want to know what difference a defensive coordinator makes who likes to recruit, this is what Elston had to say about Elko. Quote, I'll put this out on record. I haven't worked with a defensive coach that's more active in recruiting than Mike Elko. We'll pour through hundreds and hundreds of prospects to find the ones that are fits for us. His intensity level in recruiting is really unmatched. And you're going to see a consistent level of defensive recruit because of that. That That's not, end quote, that's not something you ever heard about Brian Van Gorder or Bob Diaco as a, as a coordinator. I don't remember the last time Notre Dame had a top recruiter as defensive coordinator. Maybe you have to go back to Greg Madison in the Bob Davey mm-hmm. era. So it's been a while, but I do think with what we saw this summer, Shane Simon, Jack Lamb, just the way the linebacker position is shaping up, their position with some of these defensive ends, Derek Allen on board, that defensive recruiting here is in a pretty good position. We'll see if it can stay there and even maybe push the ball forward a little bit. So that's it for this week's Irish Illustrated Insider Recruiting Extra podcast. Short and sweet as training camp is sort of carrying the days. It's interesting to sort of ping the assistants. We had access to them about recruiting a little bit yesterday in general terms because it's like they have to sort of snap their mind back into recruiting mode because they're so underwater with training camp right now getting set for the season. But that will all balance itself back out soon enough, and we will have a lot more to talk about in recruiting for our future podcast. So until next week, He's Kevin Sinclair. I'm Pete Sampson. You've been listening to Irish Illustrated Insiders Recruiting Extra. Thanks for listening. This podcast is sponsored by Duloc Leadership. I'm Len Clark of Duloc Leadership. A DISC personality profile workshop will help you and your organization improve its communication, enhance team performance, and increase customer service. In other words, it will save you money. To learn more about a DISC-facilitated workshop, contact me at 219-771-1004.